Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everybody. We got another edition of the No Huddle Show with Mike and Sam. Uh, We are super excited to come to you today. There's a lot to cover. We got so much information to discuss. Uh, So we're happy to be here with you. We we had a crazy MLB deadline day, uh, NBA draft that had a few surprises. Uh, And so then, once again, it's Friday. It's the best day of the week. Um, You know, so how are you feeling today, Sam? It's Friday. You ain't got shit to do. Time to listen to No Huddle. Let's go. There you go. So I, I, I wanted to see, uh, did you see that Jungle Cruise came out today? I did. I did. Yeah, yeah. The Rock is making moves, huh? The, the Rock, I, you know, he's the best. Is he the best action star of all time? He, he's pretty up there. I mean, he's had some some crazy hits the last couple of years. And, you know. I mean, so where would you t- place him among, let's say, Arnold Spy oh, on John claude Oh, no. He doesn't hold the candle. Not yet. Oh, come on, man. No, not no, yet, man. dude. Come, come on. on. Not Arnold, bro. Not Maybe Arnold. Maybe not Arnold, but he surpassed Sly. Come on, man. See, see, those are like the ghosts of action. They are right? the ghosts of action. Okay, but like, uh, okay, all right. He's at least, give me, he's past Van Damme. He's past Van Damme only because Van Damme, his call to fame was, was, was Bloodsport and then a couple of hits in the 90s, you know, early 2000s. Yeah. You know, outside of that. Van Dam kind of didn't have much, so yeah, fine. Yeah. He's he's at Van Dam level because right. Van Dam's a better mix, like a martial artist. Right? Yeah, but but <clears throat> The Rock is more entertaining because he yeah. can speak English. Better, but see that you know. no, now imagine and now imagine prime time Arnold Schwarzenegger, prime time Sylvester Stallone with CGI with today's CGI, uh, being able to make some films that The Rock's making. You can't tell me that they wouldn't blow those out of the water, bro. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're very. I mean, it's very possible. It's quite possible. I think we are going to be having Raj join us on. Let's see here. Raj from the Run Boys is going to be our special guest today. Uh, he'll be uh, talking all things fantasy and Madden ratings. Raj, you there? Can you hear us? Ooh. Raj, you're on the line. Am I here? Yeah. Hey, and, okay. Run boys. We're, uh, what area code are you dialing in from, bro? Uh, 519. We're coming in from uh, Windsor, That's Ontario. 519. Border City. That's the border city, Windsor, Ontario. Windsor, Ontario. All right. So it's Windsor, a Canadian. Ontario. We've got a Canadian. Yeah. So, so yes, when, you, when you say, you know, you play fantasy football, you know, you're talking about actual American football, not, you know, that other sport where they kick a ball around and can't use their hands, right? 100%. Yes. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the NFL, correct? <laughs> yeah, and, and we're not talking Canadian Football League, fantasy football, right? Also not CFL. Also not CFL. We're yeah, talking okay. NFL. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> so we were just talking. We were just talking action stars. The Rock. I think he has now become the number one action star of all time. Has he, in your opinion, surpassed Sly and or Arnold? For me, he has because that's my generation, right? I didn't grow up watching. Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger, all those guys, right? So for me, he's the biggest of my generation, and yes, he's the GOAT when it comes to action stars. So, so my question to you, my question to you is that if you give 
Arnold Schwarzenegger, the CGI, the, the, the technology, everything that, that The Rock has today, does he do better than The Rock? And my, and my answer is already yes. Okay, well, I mean, we saw – okay, well, well – well, With Arnold. But can Arnold throw the people's elbow? I mean, that's the biggest question. I mean, Arnold – I mean, Arnold's not – Arnold, Arnold, Arnold's not – 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 well, one thing, scenes and all kinds of shit. So, so yeah, one one thing I will say was we all saw Terminator Genesis, right? That was a shit show. So will well, he do better with today's was, CGI? Uh, maybe, maybe Prime Arnold. Yeah, he could be better. But we saw yeah, how yeah, he Prime performed. Or, but... or even Prime Sylvester Stallone, like straight up Rambo, first Rambo. You know, then Sylvester probably Stallone. yes, probably yeah. Yeah, but you guys, you're all and there's better stories today, aren't there, compared to back? No, then. hell no, hell no. no Terminator Two, True Lies. Uh, I mean, oh, come on, man. These these were James Cameron. <laughs> I feel like movies that were fantastic. I, I better script. I feel like this. everything's a reboot nowadays. No, no, yeah, but if yeah. you take like an Interstellar or like a you know so, something that's kind of like really out of this world and throw some more action into it, or imagine Arnold Schwarzenegger instead of Vin Diesel. All right, oh, and in fast, you know, or imagine yeah. Sylvester Stallone in, in that role. Like terrible, prime, no, that'd be terrible in prime, that role. We're saying prime time, prime okay. time again. Prime, both yeah. in their prime, right? They could pull off some roles. Maybe, yeah. I mean, Arnold, Arnold and Fat in the Fast and Furious. I just don't see some well, big six foot six dude racing cars, man. Like I don't see true. Conan the Bear. He, he doesn't have to be uh, the hero. Well, you replaced Vin Diesel. Yeah, because he's yeah, a star, right? Yeah, you, could, yeah. you could pivot your stars. Okay. You could pivot your star. You could pivot to him being a villain and him still being the star of the show. True. All right, move it on. All right, yeah, well, you know, keep it moving. Yeah, yeah. Keep yeah. it moving. Just keep it debate. You want to move on. Sam's <laughs> ready to go to the subject, okay? So, uh, uh, what we got... <laughs> Uh, yeah. That's that's yeah. what I, that's what I yeah. think about that. Okay. That's what I think about okay. that. All right, okay. all right, very good. <laughs> uh, I want to talk NBA draft here. Um, Cade, to... Cade, Cade, it's the Cade sweepstakes. Yeah, Cade sweepstakes. The Detroit Pistons finally won something. You know, they can't get the water right, but they can get Cade Cunningham. <laughs> so uh, I want to know, guys. Uh, Especially let's... ask him because he's so close to Detroit. He's pretty much a yeah. you know like a pseudo Pistons fan. Uh-huh. I mean, obviously, he's a Raptors first. But he yeah. likes the Pistons because he likes the home crowd. Of yeah, you know? I mean, yeah, yeah. Pistons are my, my second team. Yeah. Who uh, Who are you giving um, Who are you giving the best draft grade to from last night? Ah, Raj. Okay. Um, I would probably go. I, actually, I don't even know. I was gonna say the um. Well, you know what, the Hornets. Help you out real, real quick. And, and what's up? And and you know, give you a couple of uh, like who went where and. What mm-hmm. pick uh, happened? So you got Cade at, at one, you got yeah. Jalen Green at number two, Evan Mobley at three. I'm gonna give you top five. Uh, Scotty okay, Barnes yeah. at four, and Jalen Suggs at five. So I Suggs yeah. at five is a steal. That's Suggs at five is a steal. I mean, well, steal. I don't know. Moses is, Moody I, at fourteen is a steal. Yes, I would definitely say that's a steal. You know, uh, I, I think is a steal though. You know who is at the in the second round? Sharif Cooper at number forty eight to the Hawks. That is a steal. That's fantastic. And then the the Hawks also took someone in the first round. Yeah, uh, Jalen Johnson Jaylen has Johnson. a lot of Jalen Johnson. Yeah. So the Hawks, uh, Cooper is a Cooper is a lights out shooter that can provide some scoring off the bench for the Hawks. Mm-hmm. So 
They definitely. I, I really like. I think the, the Warriors. Warriors got the war- yeah. They had a lot of picks though. Well, they had two in the two lottery picks. They did. Two lottery picks. But they got Kaminga at seven, and then they got Moses Moody. And Kaminga's a raw project. Kaminga's they still have Wiseman. The Kaminga's probably three years away from being a contributor, but Moses Moody can contribute right away. Whether or not that keeps the core of Green and Steph and Clay happy, because I think they wanted the Warriors to package that deal to get a star. But the Sixers, I don't know if you guys heard the the the, the draft day trade offer they gave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To the Warriors. They were basically kind of but the Warriors yep. in the submission. They off they wanted the seven the fourteenth pick, Wiseman plus plus Wiggins. Plus two mm-hmm. or yeah, two yeah. additional uh, first future first round, first round, round picks, picks for Ben Simmons mm-hmm. who yeah. can't shoot ball. Yeah. So in total, yeah. they wanted four first round picks. Uh, Andrew Wiggins and James Wiseman for, uh, for yeah them. for Ben Simmons. Yeah. Just uh, and it's trading. They're gonna offset like the last two. Yeah. Uh, they're gonna offset their trades or some shit like that. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. ridiculous. But um, that but that just goes to show you that Simmons has zero interest. Like, people don't want to pay a lot of money for him. But why mm-hmm. would you? The guy gets yips in the middle of the playoffs. I mean, Ben Simmons all of a sudden couldn't shoot the ball. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it, you know, I you can't blame him on the Kardashians anymore no. because, you know, he's not with them. Now Ben Booker's. Yeah, and apparently, you know, the Kardashian curse was broken with Booker because he went to the NBA Finals. They lost, but they lost. But they went to the NBA Finals, so the Kardashian smash curse is broken. Uh, so, so let me just throw this okay. really quick your way. So so being a Pistons fan and, and Cade going number one, um, you have, uh, you know, you have a couple of uh, interesting options now. You still have, you know, bringing back last year's class, you have – uh, you know, you have a, a, a point guard that they that they drafted last year. You know, you have a, a good supporting, you know, cast. But, like, Jeremy Grant is supposedly their star. And Sadiq Bay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sadiq Bay. And Vernon Carey. Big guy. I'm sorry? And Vernon Carey. All rookie first team last year. Yeah, right. Vernon Carey. Right, 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 right. Cade, so how does that work with, like, a ball-dominant shooting guard, really, if you ask me? Mm. I was gonna say that right now. Um, for me, I think it would be similar to how the Raptors run their two points. And obviously, the Raptors' situation is a bit different. They got two short point guards. But if you right. run Killian Hayes as your one, Cade as your pseudo two, but almost as a one, in, even as a primary ball handler, but say guarding their two, he's right. six eight. He can guard a two guard or even a three, right? So I think right. having those two right. guys, Sadiq at the three, Jeremy at the four, and then they uh, trade Mason Plumlee, and then having Vernon Carey starting now, I think that's perfect. I mean, they got Isaiah Stewart, bro. Oh, Isaiah Stewart. That's what I was thinking of, not Vernon Carey. Yeah, yeah. Isaiah Stewart is yeah, their, yeah, yeah. their center. Vernon Carey's the dude on the yeah. Hornets. Damn. Uh, I messed that up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Isaiah Stewart, that's what I was thinking of at the five. And the NFL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he plays for the Giants. The Packers? Oh. I don't know. Uh, uh, all right, moving on. Who was your guys' uh, – I'll tell you right now. My biggest surprise of the night – um, was uh, definitely Davian Mitchell, the guard uh, from Baylor, going to the Kings. You already got Buddy here. Oh, God. You already got De'Aaron Fox, and you already got Tyrese Halliburton. How many guards are the Kings going to have on rotation? Well, they're hoping that they can unload heel, though. You know, even if they do, uh, even if they do unload heel, they still got Tyrese Halliburton and, and De'Aaron Fox. So where does that leave Davion Mitchell? You have a lottery pick that's going to come off the bench. 
when you, you pick can't even guy. blame this pick off Vlade Divac because he's gone. Yeah, he's gone. <laughs> I mean, when you pick in the lottery, you you uh you, you know you assume that that guy at least is going to be someone that helps you out pretty much in the first year or two, typically. You know, some production. Some production. And, and so you're going to tell me the number nine pick is going to come off the bench? And so I, I don't understand that. The Kings are the Kings because they fuck up the draft every single year. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. who did the Pacers pick uh, yesterday? Pacers, uh... The Pacers, uh, I don't know if they had a uh, – oh, they took Chris uh, Duarte from Oregon, and they got Isaiah Jackson from Kentucky. Okay, okay. But okay. Uh, I like I like, I like the Chris Duarte pick, actually. Chris Duarte pick. Uh, Rod Fisher, biggest surprise. From the For night. me, easily, Joshua Primo going 12 overall to the uh, Spurs. And yeah. he's a Canadian. I got love for him. Pop, but something that we don't? We say that every year. And then who's the last guy he drafted or he overdrafted? Lonnie Walker. He's a pseudo role player. Like, he's barely a role player, right? Yeah. So, yep. I, I, can you keep saying, oh, does, do, or does Pop see something that we don't see? Because history has been oh, Canadian, bro. What's up? Primo Canadian. Yeah, I know. I know. I said he's, he's a Canadian. I got love for him. But, uh, yeah. I mean, he was projected to be, like, a mid to late 20s guy, right? So, taking him at, in the lottery yeah. at number 12 is a huge overdraft. Especially over over Moses Moody. This guy over averaged Definitely. three boards, not even assists, in 22 minutes a game. Yeah. What are you talking about? This guy's yeah. terrible. I, I think we I mean, see the job that Popovich is doing now with the Olympic team. Right. He's, he's, really he's also it. the youngest player in the draft, which I guess is kind of a plus, right. but... Oh, apart from that, there's not much. So I'm going to put it on the poll. Has has Popovich lost, lost the his touch? <laughs> All right. So I have uh, another question for you, Raz. What's up? So so you've been obviously watching. You know you know the Lakers got Westbrook. Indeed. Since we're on the topic of some basketball, right? So the Lakers, wow. Lakers got Westbrook. Now you have <clears> you have someone to take the pressure off of LeBron. You have the pressure, <clears> you know, you, you put a little bit more pressure on on AD to play the five. Hopefully, <clears> that's the hope, right? Yeah. Is that he plays the five, LeBron plays the four. You have Westbrook kind of dictating that offense, and then again being off ball if he has to. So, okay. uh, yeah. is it a good trade or is it a, a complete lose on the Lakers' end? It's not a complete loss, but it's also not, like, a huge W either, right? Um, I mean, yeah, they get a star, and they're in win-now mode. So, I mean, it wasn't a bad move. And the assets they gave up wasn't anything crazy. They gave Kuzma, who has been shitting the bed the past, they like, season up, and a half. They, they gave Carol Kuzma and KCP. Uh, and then two seconds, yeah. So, for sure. me, that's not that much to give up for Russ. And he had, like, a, kind of a resurgence last year. You know, he killed it with Bradley Beal. And, but that was him being the, like the ball dominant guard. And is LeBron willing to give up that much? Like, I don't know if you want to call it touches or whatever. Is he willing to give that up? I think, I think for Russ, at this if age, he will, 36, then, yeah. so, I think he, at this point he sees it only as a move to possibly get another chip. You know, and right. he's not going to so, get it because this move is a complete bust, yeah, in I mean, my opinion. Yeah. This mm-hmm. is a terrible move by the Lakers. Yeah, this is a great move seven years ago. But it was a good move for the Wizards. It's a good move for the Wizards. They free up some salary. Here's the thing: 
the Lakers ranked 23rd in the NBA three-point shooting last year. And they, and they gave up the best three-point shooters in Kuzma and KCP. Uh, there's mm-hmm. not a single player on the team that has attempted 100 threes that's left on there. So now you've got Russell Westbrook, who likes to crash the paint. He's terrible at ball spacing, and he is the one of the worst per volume three-point shooters in the league. Yeah. And he's also turnover prone. Uh, there's a reason why Kevin Durant wanted to stop playing with him. There's a reason why James Harden wanted to leave Houston when he came on. And, you know, there's a reason why Washington was so ready to give up on the Westbrook experiment and not try to run it back for a full year with him and Bradley Beal. This isn't going to work. And once again, LeBron has overplayed his hand. He has he wants the stars in name, but they don't have perimeter shooting. And then right now, to me, the Lakers are probably the fourth best team in the West going into next year. And and LeBron hasn't proven to me other than his fluke finals when he got an entire off season before the playoffs started that he can win with the Lakers because his first year there, they didn't make the playoffs. Last year they get bounced in the first round. So this will not help him get another chip. And that's 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 really how I feel about it. I don't think this this Westbrook brings them any closer to a ring. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. All right, moving on. All right, guys. So, um, as you know, Jake Paul uh, has had a um, you know little bit of a moment in the sun uh, as a boxer here, uh, best known for knocking Nate Robinson out of his body and then beating Ben Askren. Uh, I wanted to play a clip here real quick, guys, because it sounds like Jake Paul feels he's ready to kind of step up the competition. But this is a clip from Undisputed with Skip and Shannon from Fox Sports uh, that I want to play. I listened to this little clip from uh, Jake Paul on their show. Three years to take on Canelo because I, I truly believe in my heart that it will happen. It makes sense from a business standpoint. Um, and look, he's fight, he's been fighting guys like Yildrum, uh, the Turkish warrior who could only go three rounds with him and threw three punches at him. So if, if that guy can get in the ring with Canelo, then of course Jake Paul can. And people again, forget that I'm the bigger, the bigger guy by a lot height, weight, and I can cut down and have that weight advantage. And that's, that's a big, that's a big, big thing in boxing. And so I see it happening. Call me crazy, but you know, I'm setting goals for myself and, and that's what motivates me every single day in practice is to, to think in the back of my head that I might be fighting Canelo in the next three years. So Jake, how big are you? So Jake oh, wants to fight. Canelo Alvarez in the next three years. <laughs> what a joke. It's, what a joke. Joke. it's a complete waste of time, space, money, people's, you know, I don't know, mental uh, wellness. Yeah. Of the, <laughs> yeah. You can point his brother Logan Paul and say, hey, he went the distance of Floyd Mayweather in an exhibition fight eight rounds. Fine. Mayweather is 40. He should have gone 12, by the way. But, uh, yeah, whatever, whatever mm-hmm. it was. But maybe 45 years, he's he's clearly not the fighter. He was clearly only in it for the money. Mayweather knew he didn't have to try very hard to get past this dude. And it was an exhibition fight. So, uh, you know, Jake Paul, having beaten Nate Robinson, a fucking 
ranking basketball player who's five foot five, okay, and then beating Ben Askren, who we last saw getting his clock cleaned by Jorge Masvidal at oh, yeah. UFC race. He's gonna fight Tyron Wood. He he might beat Woodley in a he's boxing not match. Be, he's not gonna beat Woodley. Even if he I don't does, think he's gonna beat Woodley. He hasn't fought a single boxer yet. He hasn't fought a box. Yeah. Regardless, if that box that boxer could be seven and twenty three. You know, yeah. but he's still a professional boxer. To think that he's going to go, Saul Alvarez doesn't play around. Saul Alvarez mm-hmm. will not come in there in a fight against Jake Paul, even if it's two years down the road, and say, you know what, this is just for fun. I'm going to let the guy look eat, look good. No, he's going he's to light knock your clock off. I don't care how much bigger Jake Paul is. Saul Alvarez does this for a living. Right. He's fought the best. Saul Alvarez, you can count. He's fought Mayweather. He has fought Billy Joe Saunders. He has fought... Uh, Gennady Golovkin. Yeah. He's not playing yeah. around. And those, guys, those guys are going to get killer. Yeah, yeah. Those guys are absolute monsters, beasts. So, what do you think? Completely out of it, out of his mind, making those comments. Absolutely, one hundred percent. I I would bet any amount of money that a fifty-year-old Canelo would beat the shit out of current Jake Paul. Like oh, he's he's pole. talking way over his head. Like he's just crazy and. Uh-huh. He's not wrong from a business standpoint that that would get money, like big money, but it's not going to happen. Like Canelo has, he can make better money from any of his other fights. And I like, okay, Jake Paul has yet to fight an actual boxer. We all, like you guys already mentioned that. And I think what Tyron Woodley is like a bare knuckle boxer or whatever now. And he's pretty shit at that too, from what I've heard. Yeah. So yeah. If he can prove that he can beat a guy who oh, has he's washed what's up, up as well. He's, he's washed, washed right? as well. He, he's retired from the UFC, and now he's a bare knuckle boxer. So if he can prove that he can beat a guy that has some boxing experience, sure, maybe he can fight a guy one tier up or two tiers up or whatever. But he's nowhere close to Canelo. Like, it's just not happening. Right. right. Canelo, I mean, like I said, Canelo is a real boxer. You know, I can't, 100%. I can't, I can't keep saying that. That that both of the Paul brothers, um, I, I mean, I wouldn't even say the Mayweather fight was 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 you know a, a real fight for him because no. if it was prime time, you know Mayweather, then I don't think he would be just dancing around for eight rounds. But we we saw even with Mayweather with Conor McGregor, right? Oh, yeah. Conor McGregor again, money fight. He money fight. A money fight. That's and, it. and he was mm-hmm. also older, but he was still younger in that fight than he was against you know uh, against Logan. Logan Paul, right? Right. And, and Mayweather didn't want to embarrass him, and that just Mayweather doesn't have much power anymore. He's a counter puncher and he's a defensive fighter, and and so you know Logan Paul going the distance with Floyd Mayweather, and I'm assuming Logan Paul is the much bigger fighter. Right. If you're telling me Jake Paul's bigger right. than no. than uh, Saul Alvarez, then then Logan Paul's obviously bigger right. than Mayweather, and he and he couldn't do the job. Correct. So. Uh, you know, I, I, I think it's a joke. I, and I think what the Paul brothers are doing is embarrassing boxing. Right. They think they're bringing eyes to the sport, but you're not when you're doing these pseudo-celebrity fucking fights. You know what, what both what, what both Paul brothers need to do? They need to fight a current UFC or boxing, like a current boxer or UFC. And now I'm not saying like a washed-up or a gatekeeper in the UFC. I'm yeah. talking like, like a top five. Top five, you yeah. know, welterweight, middleweight, you know. Well, I you know, honestly, if they go into a boxing match with the top bro, five, bro, because Jorge Masvidal will, will, Masvidal will absolutely eat them alive. Yeah, even in boxing. Yeah, he'll fucking. But Sean O'Malley him. would probably absolutely. Yeah. Well, Sean O'Malley would wipe the floor. 
like the 12th ranked bantamweight or whatever class he's in, you know? Feather, yeah. So, you know, honestly, even if the Paul brothers, let's say they took on a washed up, if if, if Jake Paul took on Manny Pacquiao right now, I would take Pacquiao right now still. Pacquiao's And Pacquiao's old, but he throws. Mayweather's not trying to throw. Pacquiao goes for the kill. He does. Still. Uh, I think Alvarez's one loss was what when he was like 23. He fought Mayweather before he was really ready. Correct. He wasn't quite, uh, you know. Yeah. Hell, I would say Miguel Cotto hasn't fought in five years, and I would yep. take him over Jake Paul. That's right a real now. boxer. That's a real boxer. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't sit there and say I want the best, and you haven't proven it on the circuit yet. Because a lot of these guys, if you look at even Mike Tyson, and one thing that that Jake Paul said in the audio clip was that, you know, you look at Mike Tyson's oh. first couple opponents, Floyd Mayweather's first three opponents, you know, they were nobodies. They fight. Of course they were nobodies because those guys were nobodies too. Right. So Mike Tyson's not going to fight uh, freaking, you know, Sonny, uh, Sonny Spinks, you know, uh, or, Leon, or Michael Spinks, I'm sorry, uh, Michael Spinks in his first fight. There's, you know, you have to work your way up to the title fights. And, and Jake Paul hasn't even proven that he could work his way up to but, the but title these, But these guys, both the Paul brothers, they're in the business of only trying to drum up more business. Because they're course. nobody. Yeah, right? they're YouTube. That's, they're, they're only – the, exactly. They're the, oh, the state of Ohio, which you resided. Yeah, well, you know what? I'm from Cincinnati, the better city. The better city with the C. Really? The better city? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the better city. The better city. Yeah. <laughs> today at 9 p.m. Eastern, uh, Friday. I don't know wow. if this is live right now, but yeah, we're going live uh, right after this, actually. So if you guys want to come check it out, what? come check it out. Awesome. Um, Absolutely. We got articles. Absolutely. What's up? No, I think, oh, we'll definitely check it out. Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, I got articles going up on rumboys.com doing uh, Steelers postgame coverage, draft coverage, trade, everything about Steelers over there. And uh, check me out on Twitter at rumboysrush. That's uh, R-U-M-B-O-Y-Z. And then... Uh, I really don't think I can get behind Steelers, you know, and uh, Steelers, I think. You know, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, well, you're a Bungles fan. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're going to – moving on to fantasy real quick. Listen, mm-hmm. i, I got to ask you, man. I'm in a 12-team uh, league, all right? Um, everyone's heavy with their football knowledge. Like, all 12 players know their shit. I'm pick number seven. 
Uh, okay. What do I do? Now, this is, a, I'm assuming, one QB, right, PPR? QB, no PPR. Standard, bro. No P- Standard, no, uh, one QB, you said? Sorry, that cut out a bit. One QB standard, correct. Okay. Um. Well, then, oh, I normally don't play standard. Okay. I don't really I'll have standard start. rankings, but uh, I'll tell you, it's, it's one, two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end, and a flex, and a defense and no kicker. Okay, defense and no kicker. All right. So, um, well then, if you're going standard, you gotta go running back first round. Um, there's the top tier guys, right? CMC, Dalvin, Henry, Kamara. God. And um, gone by seven. those guys are all probably gone by seven. So I don't know if it's much of a sleeper pick, but and this is coming from a Steelers fan, I love Nick Chubb this year. I think he already broke out last year. He's gonna go even further, and I think he has a chance to be RB one this year. So I would go Nick Chubb. At number really? seven. I was so risky with Kareem Hunt. I know, Harry's I know. Been taking the majority of the catches out of the back. Kareem Hunt is not going to eh. That's for sure. Wait, what's up? If, Ze- if by chance if Zeke is there, I'm going to take Zeke over Chubb. I would take Zeke over Chubb. Uh, I, yeah, with yeah. Uh, with Dak back, I would take Zeke over Chubb. Shit. What about Harris over Chubb? Najee over Chubb? Hell no. Yeah. And I, I love oh. that man, Najee, but no, not over Chubb. Najee's uh, good, but we haven't seen him play, so we have no idea. No, 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 no. I'm not taking that. You know, if he ends up being Mark Ingram yeah. or Mark Ingram, then he is Derrick hey, Henry. Don't say that. Come yeah. on. <laughs> All right, so since you do PPR, give us your do not draft for PPR. Okay, do not draft in PPR. Um, I, okay, so this one I'm kind of on the fence off right off the bat. It's going to be DeAndre Swift. Um, so they brought Whoa. up Will Williams. Uh, Okay, let, let me explain, let me explain, let me explain. DeAndre Swift, they brought in Jamal Williams. I'm not really scared of Jamal Williams. Okay. I knew that was coming, I knew that was coming. Okay, now hear me <laughs> out, hear me out. So they brought, like I said, they brought in Jamal Williams. I'm not scared of that. What I am scared of is Anthony Lynn. So we watched Anthony Lynn, coach, obviously head coach of the Chargers past couple seasons. He is in love with RB uh-huh. committees. So from a real-life football perspective, RB committees are great, right? You don't, like, less risk of injury, fatigue, whatever. But from a fantasy perspective, RB committees suck. So, so that's so actually one of the scored in the top ten fantasy player most times uh, when he was in the, with the Chargers. And Eckler had had a great job. Had did a great job with Lynn, by the way. Yes. Okay. And, and okay. Yes. Yeah. It's not Lynn that's running the the full offense. I mean, but Campbell still has to say it. Okay, no. Dan Campbell does. But he's still the offensive yeah. coordinator. Okay, but I was going to say the reason I'm on the fence about this is maybe it wasn't Anthony Lynn like committees. No, no, no. I understand that. I understand that. But what I'm saying is maybe in L.A. it wasn't even Lynn liked RB committees. What if Eckler wasn't a bell cow? What if he wasn't the workhorse back? And we'll see that this year. If he can prove himself to be a bell cow, then I think DeAndre Swift kind of takes a hit because the RB committees come into play. Right. Okay. So right. I that was my that was my controversial pick, I guess. But after that, right. okay. Um, I've got the Monty. Right. Up? I would like to interject. I do not draft real quick. Okay. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For uh, I have Saquon Barkley on my do not draft Ooh. list, and Whoa. he's still average draft position on Yahoo Draft right. as fifth in the average draft yeah. position on Yahoo. So he's going as a top five first round pick. What has Saquon Barkley done other than have a standout rookie year to sit there and say, oh, 
you know, this guy's worthy. Uh, his second year in the league, he had an ankle injury where he was out for six, seven games, and he was never the same player. Finished, I believe, as RB. And, and I think that was only because he had a decent spurt the last two games of the regular season. Then last year, he tears his ACL. So to me, okay. Barkley, until he stay healthy, he can return to form. He, I'm staying for him. Even if he's there in like the fourth or fifth round, I might not draft him. Ooh, okay. So, uh, Raj, uh, who are some more guys on your do not draft list? And I want to hear from saying yeah. too. You're All a right, yeah. football player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. All right. Um, next for me is uh is Monty David Montgomery. Um, he had he blew up the last like the second half of the season last year. He played great. He ended up as I think like a top four RB or top five running back in PPR, which is absolutely an insane ranking. But I think with um Tariq Cohen coming back, he's gonna take some of those PPR touches, and I don't think he can keep up the production. So he will be solid. I, I think he can he can be a fringe RB one. I think he can be a fringe yeah, RB1, but I'll he's not going to be a top 10 running back. Okay, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Stephen A. Smith, relax for a second. Okay. So, and the reason why I say that is because Andy Dalton is going to lose the job by week three to Justin Fields. It's happening. Justin Fields okay. is a mobile quarterback. With a mobile quarterback, Montgomery will definitely thrive, and so will Cohen for that matter, right? Both of yeah. them will thrive with a mobile quarterback because a running back that well, you can run a ton of, you know, uh, play actions, a ton of, you know, uh, uh, a diff- different plays that will benefit the offense, you know, by having yeah. a mobile quarterback. So, I, I, no, I agree with Raj. I mean, David Montgomery runs like he's got cement boots on. So, <laughs> like, you know, just, you know, he's a <laughs> if I had 11. <laughs> The guy had 11 touchdowns last year. What was his yard Again, carry? Like nine, nine, of those, nine of those 11 touchdowns were in the last six games of the season. That's not a very large sample size. That's fine. He, he, he averaged a healthy 4.6 YPC last year. Okay. But, okay, that, that 11 Four touchdown point. argument, that's the same Four reason I was, I was off of Cam Akers before the injury. Were oh, you, you were? Okay, so was I. I mean, I was yeah. off of Cam Akers, too. In my opinion, Henderson's the back to home in, in, in St. Louis. Wait, really? Uh, also uh, fading uh, Michael Thomas this year. Yeah, uh, I am not fading Michael Thomas. What's that? I'm not fading Michael Thomas. At his current ADP, he is a steal. And why you, the reason why you probably are doing that is because, like, inconsistent quarterback play means, like, a billion targets a game. Exactly. Yeah, but he's going to miss the first part of the season. Who knows how True. healthy he's going to be. True. That's why. Hey, he's I, I, he's going in like the sixth, seventh round. Like, I'm cool with that. He's He can be in a oh, wide receiver one, right? That's so Sixth, seventh round. But if he's still yeah. being taken in the top two rounds, there's no way. Oh, hell no. No, no, no. I, like, he was already going three, four. But after the injury, he started going five, six, seven. So, in those three, five, six, seven, I'm taking him 100%. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's a good pick. And, uh, someone on my do not draft. I mean, not really a do not draft, but a do not draft early, in my opinion, okay. right? I see a bunch of people taking, you know, stabs at Kyle Pitts early. And Ooh, yeah, I agree. Happens, right? You know, from from Pitts, they expect to immediately, you know, uh, come off the bat and, and be the number one guy there when you already have an established Calvin Ridley there, you know. You have a guy that's proven himself to be a good, a good number two for many years. Now his chance to play a number one, you know. 
And he got a chance well, last year to play yeah. number one. He already was Julio number was one last year, I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Julio was out a bunch of games, so he did play number one for a while, and he proved himself. So I believe that anyone that's drafting Pitts in, like, the third round is just good luck. If he now, that, that's – Oh, sorry. You know, I mean, if he breaks something, he's in trouble. He's in trouble. Oh, 100%. I, I really – so I'm pretty high on Kyle Pitts. Um, I actually have him uh, getting a fifth-round grade from me. Um, so um, I believe that um, – <laughs> oh, That's crazy. I'm telling you, right now, Megatron 2.0. Teams will not be able to just focus on Calvin Ridley, the – Kyle Pitts is going to bust teams. If you you know, uh, he's going to put up numbers reminiscent um, of Jimmy Graham at a time in New Orleans. He's not going to okay. be a big blocker. He's going to be a big play machine. You know, and I, you know, I don't, is a guy catches 105 balls, probably not. But do I? I, I think his rookie year, you're going to see uh, a line somewhere in the 50 catches for 850 yards and eight touchdowns, which would put him probably as a top five tight end. Uh, I agree. With yeah. Now I was going to say um, for Kyle Pitts, yeah. if it's a tight end premium league, he has a fourth round grade for me because he oh. is going to be playing receiver. And you guys probably remember, I think it was 06 when Marquez Colston came in, coming out of the yeah. back, yeah. he had a tight end, he had a tight end de- designation and he's playing receiver. So any guy who's playing receiver like that and has a tight end premium, then they get bumped up. So like Mike Jasicki last year, he got bumped up because, again, he has a tight end, uh, but he's, he's playing the slot most of the time, stuff like that, right? So I think if Kyle Pitts takes over that role and he's playing the slot and he's not playing in line too much, then I think he gets bumped up, especially in redraft. So let me, let me ask you tight end-wise, because I have Kyle Pitts ranked as my fourth best tight end going into this Ooh, year. Okay. Wait. Hey, where would you put Kyle Pitts between Noah Fant and Dallas Goder? Oh, I have him above Fant. I have – okay, so my full rankings is Kelsey, Kittle, um, Waller, Hawk at number four, Mandrews, okay. and then probably Pitts. Yeah, so I have I have Mark Andrews, Noah Fant, and TJ Hawkinson uh, following Kyle Pitts in my okay. rankings. And, a lot of that also has to do with quarterback. Mark Andrews um, has Lamar Jackson. They run in a run-heavy scheme. Um, so, you know, there could be weeks where Mark Andrews has, like, five catches for 70 yards and a touchdown, then other weeks yeah. where he's super free. Uh, it's very streaky, Hawkins, but, it, yeah. And Dallas go dirt. Uh, you know, Noah Fant has – I don't even know who the quarterback in Denver is. I don't know if it's, it's going to be Bridge. It's going to be Bridgewater. I feel like it's going to be Bridge. But, but Fant it's struggled last year because – quarterback in there. So mm-hmm. I think Kyle Pitts has Matt Ryan throwing him the ball uh, both for the big numbers. Because if you look at some of these other tight ends on the list, um, they're they're either in offenses that don't necessarily feature the tight end or they got shaky quarterback play. True. Speaking on tight ends, though, if you want, uh, I was thinking about going over late round tight ends, which is a huge topic discussion lately. If you guys, I don't know if you okay. guys have any targeted late round tight ends, but I got a whole list of them. I so I, I For me, actually have Dalton Schultz as a potential 11th round pick if he's still sitting Dalton Schultz there. is up there. I think Blake Jarwin, I'm taking above uh, Dalton Schultz. But as for late round guys. I mean, got a Knox, why not? True. You know? Dalton Knox, I would He might have a little bit of a, a regression this year. Allen might have a little bit of a regression this year. I'm hoping mm-hmm. he doesn't. 
but it, you know, it'll still be well. It'll still bode decently well for Knox, I think. Oh yeah. So yeah, for late round tight ends for me, I have um, Gerald Everett in Seattle. I've got Irv Smith. Um, who's it? Okay, yeah, Blake Jarwin. Of course. And definitely. I think breakout. he's more of like a seventh or eighth round pick. Yeah, to me. Smith Who? is going to be a breakout. He, yeah, Irv Smith what, is going to be. But, See, I've been doing a lot of fan, uh, dynasty drafts, so he's been going pretty early in those. But I, I'm pretty sure in redraft he's going, but been going decently late. Yeah, yeah, tight ends yeah. always go late in my standard league. Because keep in mind, okay. it's PPR. It's not PPR. Right. So tight ends don't give you the yardage that that not all the time. You right. know, usually they're right. sitting at fifty six yards unless right. they're Tra- Travis Kelsey or Tron Gronk or Kittle, Kittle. Yeah. yeah, or yeah. Even Waller. You know, exactly. certain guys. But most times you're 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 they're more like the Keith Miller type. Yep. You yeah. know, they're gonna get exactly. even yeah, like six catches for forty, fifty yards yeah. and maybe if you're lucky you get in the the end zone. Yeah. And that's why Kelsey's been going so early in my in our standard drafts because you don't have to worry about a position for the entire year pretty much until your buy comes around, right? You get a yeah. filler for the for your then again you don't have to touch your tight end position for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Since we're moving a little quick, let's go into some uh, Madden ratings now. Let's uh, jump from fantasy football to Madden. If you have some time, you know you saw a bunch of saw some 99s being thrown out thrown out this year. Oh, I got a lot of opinions on this. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. first, right? We got some 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 something on running backs. Okay. Wait, you said running backs first. Yeah, yeah, give me your, give me your top five running backs. Top five Based running backs. Based on Madden Based on Madden ratings, I think it's pretty consensus. Um, CMC, Henry, Chubb, Dalvin, Kamara for me in the top five. Okay. Saquon's too high. You think Saquon's too high? He's, too high. He's a ninety. Zeke like is, is is low at nine. What do you mean? Zeke should not be nine, bro. Get I think Zeke. Yeah, I also think Jacobs is way too high think, in 89. I, I think he's 10 because, yeah, he's been injured. Maybe, you know. Where's Jacobs? Jonathan Taylor on this one? Yeah, exactly, bro. Ooh, no, Taylor? not yet. He's still young. I think he – give him, like, another year and he can be in top 10, 100%. He'll probably be even, like, borderline top five. Taylor over Jacobs and Saquon Barkley. Ooh. Ooh. That's, Josh, that's Josh Jacobs in real life is a boom or bust play. He will give 100%. you four straight of uh, 50, 60 yards and on 20 he well carries. Year, he did well last year. Not really. He did. He was okay, but he did he like did. 11 touchdowns, 1,000 yeah. yards. But a lot of those came in like three games because he had multiple games where he had like two free touchdowns. He so, was big yeah. last year too. I, I mean, now you bring in Kenyon Drake. I mean, and this, yeah. we're not talking fantasy anymore. We're talking Madden. But still, I, mean, I would still take – I think Jonathan Taylor overall, I think I would rate higher than Barkley and Josh Jacobs based on the fact that he can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's got burst. He hits the hole hard. Uh, that's what she said. And, um, <laughs> you, uh, you know, he's just. Oh, God. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, listen. You have to also understand Madden's also trying to sell copies, right? Uh, if you have Saquon Barkley top ten. How many how many uh, copies of Madden will you really sell? Plenty, plenty. I don't think very. They got a lot. Have to cater to the stars, bro. They have to. They want to sell the product. They have to cater to the stars. I just. All right, let's go tight end. 
second double double digit sacks because you know Hayward's doing the work. Kind of, yeah, I guess. But I mean, TJ Watt still had a pretty high <laughs> double team rate, and uh, like whatever. I don't know, man. He was still good. He was, I mean, he was number two in deploy deploy voting. Why not? Like, I think he deserves to be a higher rating. Simple as that. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, man. And uh, if we're on the, if we're already on the topic of Steelers being rated too low, fucking Minka is way higher than eighty nine. Like that was bullshit. I, I think you all, y'all can agree with that too. Minka is oh, much no, better mean, than eighty nine. Steelers as a whole team should be rated at seventy three. No, okay. no, I definitely well, agree. That okay, the, be rated the Bengals are the Bengals are already rated at seventy three, so that's fine. Hey, man, you're going to watch Joe Burrow flinging dimes all over the field against your precious Steelers. We're going to put I some mean, money on that. We're going, put that. we're going to do a special show for the first Bengals-Steelers match. Let's do it. And we're going to let's have a team show-friendly wager here. Oh, 100%. All right. Let's go. Okay. Moving on. All right. So, going into our last segment of the of the night, uh, the okay. time has flown by. Uh, they say time flies when you're having fun, but I've been stuck with these guys all day long. So, you know. <laughs> um, anyway, let's talk MLB trade deadline. Um, I was uh, This is the most active trade deadline for baseball that I can remember in recent years. Um, a lot of teams made some significant moves, but the Dodgers got richer, man. Not only the did rich they, get richer. Yeah, I mean, yeah. not only did they add Max Scherzer and Trey Turner, but they added a really nice player in Danny Duffy, who's had a nice season in Kansas City. Uh, currently, you know, their their rotation has been beset by injuries and sexual assault allegations, <laughs> uh, with uh, Trevor Bauer being out. Clayton Kershaw, I think, is banged up, and they have another guy. Uh, but they still got Walker Bueller and a few other guys. But now you're adding Max Scherzer, who's arguably probably the top three pitcher in the league. Uh, adding Trey Turner to that lineup uh, with Mookie Betts and Max Muncy uh, and Seager, I mean, it's just crazy how good they are. Um, but uh, I, to me, the Dodgers, they just got incredibly rich. Uh, but the Giants uh, also in the same division, uh, they're making moves, too, and they were able to add Chris Bryant for basically pennies on the dollar. Uh, so the Cubs, honestly, the Cubs dealt away Kimbrell, Rizzo. Rizzo, Baez, and Bryant, and they got 20 cents on the dollar. So it's, they didn't kickstart their rebuild with anything. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the pickups from the Yankees, were number 9 and 12, uh, you know, uh, prospects out of their farming system. But I don't even think they were in the top 100. If nope. I'm not mistaken, I don't think they were top 100. They were not. They're not. They're, yeah. not. they're not. They're not. Yeah, so they definitely lost a lot. Yeah. They pretty, pretty much lost their entire 2016 World Series core. They team, did. Right? They did. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the other big loser on this was the uh, Cincinnati Reds, who weren't really aggressive. And I don't know uh, if from the standpoint the Reds, because uh, I'll be honest with you, being here in Cincinnati – we thought the Reds were going to be terrible this year. Uh, they didn't re-sign Bauer. They let go of Rajel Iglesias. Uh, they didn't make. They didn't have a shortstop going into this season, and it kind of felt like the Reds were just kind of hitting reboot and were going to kind of just be content with where they were this year and then try to make some moves down the line later. So I think where the Reds are in second place in the Central has kind of surprised their front office. Um, so I and I I don't think 
you know, the front office might be looking at this team and saying, look, look, I don't want to make any big moves because this team doesn't have staying power. We don't have much of a bullpen. Starting rotation is shaky sometimes. Uh, but, yeah, the Reds not making any moves at all uh, to try to make a push was a little disappointing. Yeah, I, also, I, I think you can also add the Yankees into that group as well. The Yankees did not do jack. Dude, what squad. are you talking about? They got Rizzo and Joey well, Gallo. Well, listen, they added Gallo. They added Rizzo. Fine. All the, all those two guys really do is kind of hit the bat really hard. You know? Gallo's a gold glove. By the way, their second their second prospect that they did give up is, is a top 100 prospect. Okay. Yeah. So, Vizcaino is not, but... The second prospect is a top one other prospect. But Gallo's a gold glove outfielder, and he gives them something of defense out there in the field as well. He's one of the better outfielders in the game today. I still think they lost out because they didn't address their needs. No, true. They didn't address their needs. So I mean, I mean, the the prospect is, is uh, they're strikeout machines, right? All their best hitters, uh, uh, Stanton, Judge. Judge. Gliber, Torres, Gary Sanchez, and now you add Joey Gallo, you're going to have the league leader in strikeouts here. And and that's why, to me, all these guys just really hit the bat, you know, swing the bat pretty But they can't. I mean, that's all homers or nothing. And and that's why baseball is dying. I don't know if you agree with me on on this, Raj, but analytics has killed baseball because you have starting pitchers only going through the lineup twice usually, only going five innings or so most times. And you got a bunch of guys that all they want to do is hit homers. No one puts the ball in play anymore. So it's it's a bunch of homers or strikeouts. It makes for a very boring game. I I thought Mm -hmm. baseball was at its most exciting when you had squeeze bunts. You had guys stealing bases. You yep. see a guy take off running, and are they yep. going to beat the catcher? Yep. Uh, that was exciting right. stuff. Or yeah. even run, like they don't. I feel like the players nowadays they don't. You know, after a hit, they don't really rush as fast or run as yeah. hard as they should be to get to first base. You know, yeah, there's no hustle. Yeah, zero hustle. Yeah. Your well, thoughts, Raj? Man, I don't even watch baseball. If I'm being honest, that's like the one sport that I'm not into. Yeah. Fucking baseball could disappear, and I would. What's up? This is the one for younger guys, you know, and this is the generation. I feel like this baseball has become increasingly an older, older man sport, you know. And uh, you know, Raj is is one of our young, uh, you know, sports uh, fanatics, and the NFL and the NBA has taken over as far as what's what appeals to youth. Uh, Baseball plotting, it's slow. They don't really. Uh, market their stars very well, and it's not fun, hip, or exciting. Hey, hey, but Mr. Hip, real quick, just so you know, baseball pays you the most guaranteed money out of all these sports. That's true. So you should probably get to know baseball. (laughs) (laughs) Back to back, okay. All right, yeah. So, yeah, granted, they pay you the most uh, guaranteed money, but at the same time with that, you have to get to the big leagues. Correct. You have to get out of big contracts. It's not, it's not easy. Uh, for all these top prospects, and you look at a major league roster at 25 guys, right? Right. How many of those 25 guys are guys that are going to be pulling down, you know, $15, 20000000 million a year? There's maybe one or two of those guys on each team. Well, that's why they can afford yeah. the, the big, like the three guys that are that get the $100 million contract, $200 million contract. Yeah. They could afford three of them and then support them with a bunch of, you know, $50 million. Let, let me ask you, million. speaking of $50 million contracts, how much is Shohei Otani going to be worth on a lot of money? More than more than his buddy uh, Trout got paid, for sure. But I believe Otani, 
a little bit older, though. Isn't Otani? No. He played for oh, Japan yeah, for a did, while. I still think he's young enough. And I, in my in my opinion, the, the the last large contract that I remember, he's 27. Otani's okay, 25 fine. years But he's still got 10 plus years in him. At least, you know, but just ten plus years of oh, but they know he does. Yeah, he does. That's not a but. So. To me, he's a better hitter than he is a pitcher. Yeah. Um, I think uh, he's not somebody that's going to to be like a. But think person. about the wild card of pulling him in, like For being sure. able to pull him in as a pitcher in a playoff game. Yeah, that's huge, huge. huge. I, I, honestly, <laughs> you know, a couple more. He might overtake Ichiro as the greatest Japanese baseball player to yeah, play in the majors. I, he's got to do it for a long time, man. Yeah, he's got to do it for another at least seven years, seven, eight years of this. Yeah, but like of this. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because yeah. Ichiro did like 17 years. Not of this. Not like this, though, man. Like, oh, bro, but Ichiro, Ichiro's career spanned so long, and he was I, efficient up until the end. Yeah, band, but his peak was like six years. His peak, he played from 2001 to 2019, and really his peak was from when he debuted until about 2000. You can't, you can't compare the both of them, right? Well, right, because each girl was a baseball slap hitter. He was an on-base guy. He wasn't he just, a power he was guy. Look, he was just looking to get on base. All the time. And he was a gold glover. Let's not forget that. His gold defensive and his arm talent yep, was yep, crazy. Yep. But Ichiro, honestly, if Ichiro had played his entire career in the majors, because I think he was like 26 when he came over, uh, if he played the whole career, he would have bypassed Pete Rose yeah. for the hit record, I believe. <laughs> he finished with 2,089 hits. But that's included Japan, right? But, no, that's including just the United States. Oh, just, but look yeah. at this. He played until he was 45 years old. Yeah. He didn't come here until he's 27. Right. So if he had come up at 20, let's take seven years. More years. Seven oh, more so years. I think he's surpassing P. Rose as the as the all-time hit leader. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I absolutely agree. We're near enough uh, closing time. We're a couple minutes away. Uh, so, Roz, we want to thank you for uh, coming on today. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, why don't you go ahead and give a pitch for your uh, YouTube show's debuting tonight. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. Um, thanks for having me on. 100. percent Um. So, like I said earlier, Rumble's Fantasy Network on YouTube, going live in about 25 minutes, 9 p.m. Eastern. Um, articles on Rumble's.com and find me on Twitter at Rumble's Raj. And that's about it. I'm signing off. Awesome. Thank you, Raj, for joining us. Uh, and we'll uh, we'll have Raj on again uh, for another show down the line. Uh, we'll talk more fantasy sports with them and some other uh, different things. But we want to thank you, Raj. Uh, we're going to wrap things up here shortly. Uh, that's Raj from the Rum Boys Network uh, joining us. Uh, so thank you again uh, for joining us here on the No Huddle Show. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at No Huddle uh, with Mike and Sam. That's at No Huddle underscore with MS. Uh, please uh, remember to vote uh, on our polls today, with a, uh, which are, has Popovich lost his touch and would a 50-year-old Canelo knock out Jake Paul? Uh, we uh, will be back to you again live on Monday. Uh, we're out. Have a good weekend, guys. Guys. Are we here?